Welcome to the Command Post Podcast, powered by First Do. I'm your host, Tom Lewis, First Do's Director of Training. I am pleased today to welcome Jennifer Anderson to the podcast. As a wife of a police officer for 15 years, Jennifer has lived firsthand through the struggles of the job. She faced persistent exhaustion due to worry, sadness by her lack of connection, and then utter devastation when her husband was hospitalized due to PTSD, depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. Four years later, she is now energized with a renewed sense of hope for her marriage, her family, and her future. It's been a learning process that she's ready to share with us now. There are so few resources for the first responder community who are suffering from mental health and wellness challenges. That's why she founded First Responder Coaching. Coaching provides a valuable resource that supports the growth, the healing, and the happiness for all affected by trauma sustained through first responding. I am grateful to have Jennifer Anderson, founder of First Responder Coaching, on the podcast today. Let's get it started. Jennifer, welcome to the Command Post podcast. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So you are the founder of First Responder Coaching, right? I am. So tell us a little bit, one, about who you are, why you found First Responder Coaching, and what is First Responder Coaching all about? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yes. So basics um, about me, again, Jen Anderson um, out of North Central Massachusetts. Um, My husband was a police officer for 15 years and suffered a mental health break back in 2018 that led to hospitalization. And during his time in in the hospital, um, it was about six weeks of hospitalization, um, I had no resources. I've been asking, you know, for support and there were no culturally competent therapists, counselors, anyone really to help me um, move through, you know, the challenges of our family foundation being rocked. So I actually turned to coaching um, back in 2018 and participated in a 12 week coaching program that allowed me to set some goals for myself in the immediacy of how am I going to move through the next 24, 48 hours um, in order to, to be the mom that I needed to be. Uh, our daughters were seven and 10 at the time. In order for me to be the wife that could support him as he was dealing with PTSD and trauma and suicidal ideations and all of the, the pieces that come with that. Um, and also be the woman that I needed to be to continue in my career. I was a high school English teacher for 17 years. Um, the woman that I needed to be to move through these challenges as well. So coaching gave me such an amazing perspective and opportunity to, to grow in a lot of different ways. Fast forward a little bit. I gave, um, I had an opportunity to become a life coach, um, and receive my life coach certification after a nine month course. Um, and, uh, kind of sat on it for a little while, not quite sure what I wanted to do with it. And then decided on Valentine's day of 2021 to launch blue line coaching. I started coaching some, um, first responder spouses, police officer spouses, um, specifically. Um, and it was a great opportunity. I got my name out there, met, um, and collaborated with the national police wives association, amazing group of, of ladies and started coaching some of our Capitol police spouses last year, our Capitol police, uh, definitely mm-hmm. the support. And so through coaching them, they were just a couple that had reached out and said, we want to be able to bring coaching to, to our ladies and to our, our group. Can we, you know, can we become coaches? 
So back to um, Paul Hackett is the name of the gentleman who trained me and uh, we put together a coach certification course. Fast forward just a little bit. Um, Megan, uh, my Capitol Police spouse, um, was coaching some some blue line spouses and uh, an incident occurred with a fire department locally. Uh, They lost uh, one of their firefighters. And they reached out to Megan and said, hey, we know you're supporting the blue. Is it possible for you to come and support the red? Um, and I knew at that, at that moment that coaching was not something that we needed to limit just to spouses or just to police officers, but um, that the entire vast majority of all of the disciplines, right, all the colors and all the disciplines um, of our first responder community could value um, and, and benefit from coaching. So morphed into first responder coaching. Um, we do one-on-one coaching practices. We also do um, group coaching sessions, and we've also launched a department and organizational package. Um, so departments and organizations can purchase um, units of, of one-on-one coaching to, to provide the service for their people. So it's been a, it's been a whirlwind year and a half. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's quite, that is a, quite a, quite a journey, right? Uh, uh-huh. the, the last 18 months or so, uh, quite a journey. So First responder coaching. So mental health is a pretty big, big issue in today's public, well, in the world, but certainly in public safety, fire departments, law enforcement, EMS, corrections. And so what, what is the difference between coaching and like someone who would need to say have counseling or go to a counselor? Why would they come to first responder coaching either in lieu of or in conjunction with them seeing a mental health professional, say, psychologist, um, a counselor of some sort. What, how, does, how does that all work in the bigger picture? And, and what would be the choice? How could, how could someone make an informed choice to come choose first responder coaching versus say, I got to go to a counselor or, or go to both? You can, because I, I don't know. And I'm, I wonder if our audience knows. And so, you know, maybe explain the service that you provide and why um, it's helpful in the, in the bigger um, process of maintaining good mental health. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That is so important um, piece of our our conversation. Um, When you are going to a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, um, they have the ability to treat the um, diagnose and treat Um, and you go to them for their resources, right? They've got an educational background that will be able to give you suggestions on how you can live your life in ways that will help you move through things. Coaching takes a different approach. In coaching, you are the expert of your own life. So the coach approach is that our, our people that we're working with, our coaching partners, are whole healthy and ready to make changes, which is why when you bring in the conversation of can this work in conjunction with other pieces, absolutely. So not only are we able to work with people who are in certain counseling you know, relationships already, we're able to say, hey, I heard you just, you just had your appointment. Let's talk about how that went. Great. You got these ideas and strategies from this appointment. Now as your coach, what's going to work for you? How are we going to implement and, and help you to incorporate those suggestions, those ideas into your daily practice, into the next week, two weeks, months, years that are going to really impact who you are as a person to create really positive changes in their lives? 
Okay. So, so that makes sense. So it sounds to me very practical oriented in, in the sense that maybe if you go to a therapist or a counselor, it's, 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 uh, more cerebral, more emotional, more, um, clinical maybe that's the yes, right term and this, this sound what you just stated there sounds is very practical so and you also said that you are the expert of your life what if what if they're at a point in their life where they're not feeling like they're such a good expert in their life how, I, with, how do you help there because i think a lot of people would seek help like that because they're not feeling either in control enough that we can ever have full control but not in control or they're certainly not feeling like they're an expert of their own managing their own life so how how do you deal with that that's a great question. Um, we typically start our coaching sessions with um, a conversation about values. What is it that you value the most in your life? We've got a, a number of activities that we do. We also offer um, a personality assessment. It's called the DISC assessment, D-I-S-C personality assessment. And based on the results of that, which is a immensely helpful tool that coaches use to identify where people are again in their personalities and how they manage conflict, motivation, all those pieces. Um, it really helps us to, to move through the process of coaching to see results even faster. So conversations about your values, those are something that's intrinsic, right? So to identify some of that work and, and, and work there first, then we can lead into conversations. Okay. Are the decisions and are the things that you are experiencing in your life matching, connecting with those values in ways that give you a sense of purpose, give you a sense of, of fulfillment in your life? And that's usually where the disconnect comes into play. Typically, we find if people are coming into coaching sessions, really not knowing, again, like you said, how to control, how to make movements, what they're, you know, what they're experiencing in their lives. Um, how to move through it is because there's some disconnect um, between what they're trying to accomplish and then who they really truly are and, and what their values are. Okay. Okay. And is it in, in the coaching process so that you kind of introduce their, you know, um, at the beginning, uh, the values talking about values initially. So kind of walk us through. And again, without obviously uh, reaching, you know, patient, uh, client, patient, uh, confidentiality just kind of walk us walk us through the, the typical process one how long would how long does it take um is there a time is there even a time period or can it be ongoing is it open-ended um and then kind of what to expect in that process uh that you you know you and your team offer so that listeners of yours they can get an idea at this oh maybe this is something that could could work for me because right now i've got the beginning right we do a values we do values assessment we maybe do a the disc assessment that you yes. mentioned, right? And so what's next? How, do, how does it proceed from there? Awesome. Um, then from there, we would have a conversation about um, the different areas of your life and the satisfaction that you're feeling in different areas of your life. Typically, then we'll move into an, a conversation or an activity we call the wheel of life, right? You're a big circle and then you identify areas of your life that are important to you, career, personal growth, family, whatever those, those pieces are areas of your life that are important. Um, and then you gauge your level of satisfaction within those areas. So if we have like come in, someone comes into a coaching session, it's like, I had no, you know, no idea where to start, how to, to begin these conversations. Like, all right, great. Let's take a look at your wheel of life. Let's look and see what areas of your life you feel like you have satisfaction in, and you're in a great place with, and then look at some areas that you might want to experience some growth in personal health, mental health, whatever it might look like, um, you know, physical health. Um, 
And then from there, we create conversations. We use the tools and strategies we have. Coaching is 80% listening and understanding. 80%. We are taught to listen. Our, our training teaches people how to listen to the nonverbal cues, creates an understanding of all of the nuances of conversation. Um, we teach them how to listen in four different levels. Um, and then it's 20% of asking really powerful questions. Um, we have a number of models that we use in our coaching practice that when asking powerful questions, again, gets you to kind of hone in on those areas of your life that you want to see growth in. And then we ask you questions that lead you in the, in the direction of identifying how you can accomplish those goals on your own. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. It sounds very, um, again, it's, uh, the thing that comes to my mind is, uh, practical. Cause I Thank think, you. you know, if anybody's visited, um, therapists, counselors, it's not always exercise or it sounds like exercise or practice driven um, in what you're doing here. And it seems that the interactivity um, it seems pretty significant, you know, to talk about the wheel of life, you talk about um, it seems, I guess, tactile is, is another word for it. You know, it seems more hands-on to me. And again, just hearing you is that's the impression I'm getting. I've never gone to, to a, uh, to, to a coaching. Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Right. So yes. uh, it's, it's interesting. Okay. Um, I, I want to go back. And then, then you reminded me when you said 80% list and 20% talk, it goes back to chief um, Alan Brunacini, who was a, uh, he's now, he now he's not with us any longer, but he, he is a longtime beloved chief of the Phoenix fire department. And one of his mantras that the world, according to Bruno was uh, talk less, listen more. Yeah. Talk less, listen more. Yeah. I got it right. Yes. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, that just, when you said that, that comes into mind, just the, the listening aspect of it is, is so crucial. Okay. So you, now we've gone, we've got the wheel of life, you're listening. And then what's, what, what, what's next? What keeps, how's this process go? Awesome. So once you've identified certain areas of your life that you'd like to, to focus on, to narrow in on, um, it is the coach's responsibility to, to create pieces, create the space, right? Oftentimes we don't give ourselves the space and time to be able to move through these things. So having a coaching relationship creates that time and space for you to have open dialogue and conversations around those areas, right? We can really dive down, you know, delve really deeply when it comes to, you know, many areas, all of our coaches are trained to coach anyone at any time about anything. So the reason why we're able to say that is because again, you, we're pulling answers from you as an individual. So the only person who's not going to see results is the person who's tricking themselves into believing that they're doing something that they're not doing. So if you come into coaching with that whole open idea and, and mindset, mind frame of, of wanting that growth and wanting to move through things in your life, there's zero reason you can't experience growth through those times, through this space that you're allotting for these conversations. Um, so with that, I, I feel like it's such a strong tool in our toolbox of, of, of modalities to help our first responder community, right? Again, not just the first responders themselves, but spouses and in, in, in community-wise, um, identify the, the trauma that they've experienced or, or the, the challenges that they're experiencing within their lives and then move forward. So it, it can take, you asked me about length and time length. Um, we suggest at least three months um, mm -hmm. of a one-on-one -on -one coaching relationship to truly see 
um, some longstanding results, um, but it is something that could be continuously ongoing, right? You identify a couple of areas in the wheel of life that you would like to focus on and move through. And um, in your coaching, you have the relationship, you can meet half hour, 45 minutes a week or upwards of 90 minutes a week with, you know, text message check-ins or whatever it, it makes most sense for you and your coach to work at that level to see the results that you want in the time frame you want um, to make lasting changes. La- like that's the kind of thing we all want the like, you know, lose instant gratification. Everybody minutes. wants instant gratification these days, everything, right? Everything's instant. Everything's fast. Everything's instant. We work with technology. It's, it's immediate. I mean, you have to wait five extra five seconds for a web page to load and you're getting anxious, right? It's, <laughs> we've been, you know, we've, so we've become used, we've become used to things. Um, so, and you can come into this, you can be mentally well, completely healthy and have coaching, or you can be having PTSD, any, any other life struggles and mentally strong, mentally, your mental well-being. you're, you're in a, in a difficult spot, coaching will work, coaching's okay for that. So you can, you're not necessarily coming you're not necessarily coming because something's broken, but if something is broken, coaching can do, can help you with that as well. Is that true on both instances? That is true. However, if we identify within the first meeting or two that um, the person that we're, we're your coaching partner is um, experiencing trauma at a level that coaching will not be able to support them through, we do have other resources, right? So we do have, um, you know, clinicians that we work with and refer to, um, once they've established that relationship with a clinician, then we can obviously continue with coaching. You know, that's absolutely something we can still do. Um, you know, obviously that's, that's a, there's a gray area there, right? There's a huge gray area of where are we, um, and emotionally and mentally and physically, um, to be in a place that we can move through things. Right. Um, so if people start with coaching and our coaches, again, are trained to identify those areas, um, in which we might not be able to serve them well, we will then refer them, um, to others who could provide that level of support. Um, but oftentimes, and and another key piece to this conversation is, you know, oftentimes we know right now that our mental health availability is so limited right now. So when we're having conversations, um, especially with our first responders about culturally competent people that are able to support um, where they are now and where they want to be, that's a challenge that that coaching is trying to to build a, a bridge to, to gap that, uh, to, to make that um, more feasible, more possible, right? Coaching is something that not only helps you um, move through the challenges that you're facing already because of trauma, but the other piece to it that I think is really important to note is that even if people are saying, I'm good now, I'm in a great place. I know how to, you know, budget and I know how to manage my time. Well, that's great. That might be a place to start coaching still too, because it's not a matter of, you know, of if trauma is going to happen on the job or in your home or in your family, it's when. And so if we right. can start coaching conversations about what's going well for you now, what's what areas of your life are going well? Why are they going well? Let's talk, let's break them down a little bit. So that way, when the trauma does hit, that our first responders in the community can move through those traumatic events in positive ways because they already have identified the tools that they use to be in a good place now. 
Am I making that, sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. The most definitely. So using coaching as a proactive piece of establishing that relationship. So when trauma happens, you can move through it. Um, and, and like I said, in positive ways, but also, you know, wherever they are now in their first responder career, life experience, mental wellness states, um, we absolutely can be, and then transitions, right? Um, transitions out of the first responder career. Um, how many times have, have we talked to people who are like retired for the fourth time <laughs> or retiring for the sixth time? You know, right. um, I hear those stories all the time. Um, so it's why, why is that happening? Because they just, they don't know life outside um, of their first responder experience. So coaching can absolutely help move people through all, all parts of their career. If you're able to share some success stories, share some, if you're, if you're, you know, obviously respecting in the whole process here, but maybe um, illustrate for us some, um, some successes that you've had that just make you really proud of the work that you're doing. Yeah, I have. All right. So I had a conversation today. Um, I, I won't use her name. I know that she probably no, no. wouldn't mind if I did. Um, but I had a conversation today with one of my coaches and who started out as someone I was coaching. Um, and so literally, you know, he said 18 months ago, I was having conversations with this woman, um, as a Capitol police spouse, and she was struggling so hard to deal with, um, not only the trauma that her husband had endured, but what he was bringing home because of that trauma. Right. Um, their relationship was super challenging. Um, she was alone with the kids for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, you know, days really when it came down to it. Um, and so to have those coaching conversations with her and see her growth and see her development through that, and then have her say to me, you know, I know that this is something I, I want to bring to other people. Um, and so to have her become a coach um, and then have her now just taking on a coach certification class, she is now teaching our next generation of coaches. Um, and while that might not seem um, as mm, significant to an individual situation, but the impact that that's going to continue to have someone who 18 months ago was one of my, you know, one of the people I was coaching now teaching others to coach. It's, just, it's, it's so, I, it's so humble. Like it's humbling. Like I get goosebumps. Oh, it's, it's, humbling. It's, it's inspiring. It's humbling. It's so someone who sought your services saw, and found them to be most helpful was inspired to, to pay it forward basically and do, do the same for others. It sounds like. Thank you. And you know, yes. Are there other stories of, um, you know, again, people moving through the challenges, you know, uh, another person that I've, I've coached um, through her husband's retirement um, you know, the things that she's experienced, like, all right, what is, what is this going to look? Am I no longer a police spouse anymore? Or like, oh, no, 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 you are still a police spouse. Your husband is 22 years on, like, of course, you know, um, but again, navigating those pieces and, um, just open dialogue and conversation, the recognizing, you know, recognition, that's that word, realization of, realization, you got it. <laughs> um, that these things are happening, um, is just, it's so, it's just humbling. It really is. Um, I have not heard a single negative word, phrase, experience, comment from anyone at any point when I bring up the idea that coaching is the next modality for supporting our first responder community. 
and you that's a, that's amazing uh and and like you said i can i can see the enthusiasm as you ex- explained how she became a coach S- so she's a coach you're a coach you have multiple coaches so how's how's it organized how's first responder coaching organized so how many how many coaches do you have how would someone um seek your services all of that awesome um so yes, we have a number of um, of opportunities within FRC, not only to be coached, of course, um, but also to become coaches. Um, we've got 36 trained coaches across the country right now, um, from Seattle to DC, as I say. Um, and every single month, I'm having more people who are life coach certified interested in joining FRC um, for a number of reasons, which I think is very cool too. It's not only are we looking and seeing coaching as an industry becoming so incredibly mainstreamed, but also using that as a backing for what our first responders are doing, right? We know the community of first responders that we have that are like, nope, not me, suck it up, buttercup, right? We, we mm. have that mentality. So not only is coaching becoming more mainstream for general population, we're now bringing it into this first responder world where people are bringing down these walls saying, oh, and then again, at that departmental and organizational level, um, we have contracts, um, we've signed contracts. That's where I wanted to go with next and you're going there. So that's good. How does it work? Because it's one, I can see an individual seeking it out, but then if it's part of an organization that's been brought in, it, it kind of changes the whole dynamic and culture of an organization. So kind of elaborate, keep elaborating on, on that part of it. Cause I know you'd mentioned it to me previously that, you know, a department that sought your services is not, so it makes it available for all their members. How does that work? Tell me how that's yeah. going. No, that was a huge, huge shift. Um, Again, 18 months, we've got a lot of movement here in terms of where we're going and um, what we're seeing to be the need. Um, And absolutely, that departmental and organization package offering is um, a unit of 25 one-on-one coaching sessions. So a department or an organization who's recognizing that the mental health of their community, of their departments, of the people around them are, are... are in dire need of support, right? We, we hear the statistics, we know the numbers, we, you know, in our own communities, you know, here I am in central mass, it, you know, it, it just, it's so disheartening to see, again, these numbers that are influencing fact, the mental health numbers that are underreported even. Um, but to have the opportunity for department to say, I want to invest in the mental health resources for our off, you know, for our office, for our department, um, and be able to purchase units of these one-on-one coaching sessions is so powerful. Um, we just uh, contracted with Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. Um, we're bringing coaching to um, Las Vegas Fire and Rescue in ways that are going to impact their their people, their department, the their the longevity of their careers, the um, retention rates are going to be influenced and affected. Um, the happiness, the communication skills. Um, all aspects of who we are, if we are a happier individual, then we are going to do our jobs better, right? We're going to be more engaged in um, following protocols and in making safety a priority. If we know that we've got a solid foundation with people who are supporting us from the top. So Las Vegas Fire Rescue, so when they they basically contract with you and then you offer X number of sessions um, at a certain, certain cost to the organization and then they now have it as a resource for the firefighters to access at no cost to the firefighters. Is that right? Correct. 
Okay. That is yeah. it. Um, and so we've, we're, you know, we're providing each of the departments with, um, you know, a flyer. They put it up on the wall as fire, you're walking by, seen on the table, whatever. Yeah. We have a QR code on that flyer. So it's completely anonymous to, um, to those departments. So people can walk by, just click that little QR code, get to a landing page. Um, they see a little voice message from me. Um, and then they're able to, you know, look at what is coaching, see a presentation in which, um, you know, a coaching session, we put a 10 minute coaching session up there so they can see what that looks like. Um, and then a link to access our coaches and pick a coach. We've got the calendars right on the site. Um, within three button clicks, um, these firefighters will be linked to one of our trained first responder coaches. So very, very cool. Thank so what you. are the plans for what are your plans for the future? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm really looking forward to again, connecting with departments around the country. Um, my five-year goal is that FRC will have a presence in 80% of the departments across the country, kind of lofty but it's going to happen. Um, FRC is the organization that is, is able to collaborate in ways that are connecting our coaches um, and our coaching partners as easily, as quickly, and as um, with as many results, as much results as we possibly can. Um, so to just continue in that movement, that's Very my cool. goal. Very cool. <laughs> well, you know, we're, you know, like anything um, here at first do it's they're going to ask, right? Fire departments are going to reach out to Hey, you understand you use first do understand you're using first responder coaching, how that work out, you know, they hear positive things and it piques their interest. And, you know, a lot of it's going to be word of mouth results. That's a lot of what happens in many industries, but certainly in the fire industry, fire service. Yes. Thank you. Certainly in the, in the first responder community. For sure. All right. Anything Great. else, anything else, you know, you're clearly passionate about this project. I'm intrigued by it. I'm very interested in learning, <laughs> uh, in learning more. But what, what else that I did, what, anything I didn't ask you that you'd want to share about, you know, your experiences, first responder coaching, anything else you want to share? Um, I guess in terms of my um, entrepreneurial feats here, you know, coming out of education and then establishing my own, you know, business and then moving through founder CEO is, it's so strange. And I think it's so gratifying to have conversations like these. Um, that are so open to dialogue and open to understanding that there isn't one size that fits all, right? We know that, but to have conversations about, well, what's something that we can put out there that's different, that's going to continue to support in ways that we haven't seen supported before, um, you know, with that proactive piece, with the full career piece, with the state of our mental health um, crisis. Um, I, I'm just, I'm honored again, I'm honored and humbled and every day to have conversations like these just make me feel amazing. So I thank you, Tom, so much for, for the opportunity to be in no, and I talk to you today. You know, I'm grateful to our, our mutual friend, Paul Wynn for the introduction, um, yes. brother, brother Paul, um, he is uh, <laughs> just a good guy and I'm really glad he, he introduced me to you. And, uh, I look forward to our paths crossing again in the future. Um, most, most certainly and wish you all the best with Thank first you. responder coaching. I hope um, anybody that's listening or watching, you know, that they're thinking, hey, maybe this might be something would be beneficial for me to just have the courage to reach out, you know, and to, and to, uh, to get, just to explore it, right. Just to see, you know, get some, get that initial meeting and just to see, you know, if it's going to be for them, because it just sounds to me uh, 
uh, the, the practical aspect of it is what is most appealing to me and just mm-hmm. how you explained what that process is, the interaction, the expectation of the participant, but also the fact that it's, a, it's, it's, it's engaging in a practical way or it's not just, a, not doesn't feel like it's just clinical. Thank you. Yeah, we have an amazing Facebook presence, um, Facebook group, uh, first responder coaching group that um, I'm so proud of running. Um, We have people who are posting um, really meaningful, deep content about their own vulnerabilities um, and their own experiences in their first responder world. Um, Coach, you know, some of my coaches who are posting um, you know, articles and resources about coaching, about the first responder life. Um, that's just a, a phenomenal community that I'm really proud of as well. So, so if any your of you Facebook? Yes, Facebook the Facebook group. Your website, firstrespondercoaching.com. Is that right? Nope. It is 1ST. So firstrespondercoaching.org. Org. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yes. No, say, say it one more time so that we get it right. Great. 1ST, respondercoaching.org. .org. Okay. Very good. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, Jennifer Anderson, founder, CEO of First Responder Coaching. Um, super happy that you were able to spend time here today, share your experience, share what you're doing for the, the broader public safety community. I know we're kind of fire focused here at First Do, but uh, your, your fire, law enforcement, communications, EMS, corrections. Who else am I missing? And military. And military. Okay. Outstanding. Well, I wish you all the best. Um, You've got a friend here over at First Do, and uh, I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks so much, Tom. I appreciate it. Uh, The pleasure is mine. Thank you. Great. 